Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have Servan Dumont, who is the executive director and founder of Code for Fun, a nonprofit here in Silicon Valley serving kids K through 12 and actually also doing professional development for educators. In this week's tech news, and what is no surprise, WeWork, which has been in the news for all the wrong reasons, announced that they're going to begin massive layoffs. It's expected it'll be at least 4,000 to 6,000 people, which is between 30 and 50% of the company. WeWork had a lot of issues trying to IPO, and it was a company at one point worth $47 billion. In what The Atlantic and The Wall Street Journal is calling creepy, you might have heard of Google's Project Nightingale. And what that is has been a multi-year data harvesting of patient information, which is completely legal under HIPAA rules. So says Google and its partner, Ascension. They've been collecting data from over 2,600 hospitals and millions of patients. Uh, There's now a federal inquiry as to what Google is doing with the data, so similar to what Congress is doing with Facebook. Yet to be seen what's going to happen with this, but I'll continue to keep you up to date with that story. Have you heard the term Jedi? This isn't the new Star Wars movie. It's a defense contract that stands for Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure. It's a $10 billion contract that was awarded to Microsoft. And Amazon, which is the owner of Amazon Web Services, just filed a formal protest as to why they lost that business to Microsoft Azure. This is the importance of cloud computing. This will be more news about it, I'm sure. So stay tuned. In a little bit of fun news, three Jeopardy contestants got the wrong question wrong as to who was the actor behind the new Mr. Rogers movie. The answer is, who is Tom Hanks? Why this is even related to technology is that a number of audience members said, before we jump to the conclusion that these three contestants didn't know for a $200 question who Tom Hanks is or was the actor to, Actually, they said that the buzzer system in the studio wasn't working properly, so a technology issue, and that the contestants were confused. Since no one got the question right or wrong, they just decided to throw the question out, and so it was no harm or no foul. Not that these three people didn't know who Tom Hanks is. And that's the tech news of the week. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, I'm joined with Servan Demont, who is the executive director of Code for Fun, an alternative education platform here in Silicon Valley. Welcome, Servan. Thank you, Keith, for having me. So, Servan, I am a big fan of alternative education, especially when it comes to technology. I love what you and the group are doing. Can you tell me 
a little bit about yourself before you, how you got involved with Code for Fun. Sure. So I grew up in France and uh, I studied over there. Um, towards the end of my engineering degree, I came in uh, in um, in Arizona for an, one year of exchange student, and. Um, I uh, terminated my degree over there. I graduated, and then I came to Silicon Valley for the internship. That's when when the dot com were booming. Uh, so I decided to stay back and work in the engineering department in different co- tech companies. Uh, after 15 years of doing so, I uh, decided to take a break a little bit and uh, and volunteer and start to volunteer and teaching different things um, and. More specifically, uh, technology and coding, and I had a blast. I had a blast doing this, and so I wanted to really give back. Uh, technology brought so much t- into my life that I decided to give back to the to the community here, um, and uh, I decided to create Code for Fun because I wanted to make sure that children had an opportunity, regardless of where they're coming from, um, had an opportunity to discover and innovate using technology. So that's the, basically the mission of Code for Fun is to make sure that every child has the opportunity to uh, learn computer science. That's great. And I think you deserved a break. I mean, you spent a lot of time at Facebook in its formative years. And I'm sure just like uh, when we talk about my experience back at Cisco during the dot-com era, it was like living in dog years. So yes. I'm sure whatever time you spent at Facebook leading up to your break, um, it was intense. It was very intense. I mean, I worked in uh, two startup companies. One, the first one was uh, Align Technology, and we were. It was a very small company at the time. I worked nine years over there, and we. Uh, when I left, it was becoming very popular all around the world. Um, same thing as Facebook. I came when there was only three hundred employees, barely known. And uh, I left, and it was known everywhere around the world as well. So uh, that much growth in that little time is uh, is a lot of work, but it was planned to be able to work with uh, very competent people and to be part of that story. That's great. And that's where I think being able to take time off and focus your efforts on giving back is so cool. And Code for Fun, I mean, my daughter is involved with the Hack High program for Code for Fun. I've talked about it before which is this alternative education for high school students, Yes, um, which I love. Talk a little bit more about Code for Fun. You've talked about how you got started. Um, who else is involved with Code for Fun? How did the whole concept get started? So I think the revelation of Code for Fun came really when I, I did a, a project in India. I went over there during vacations and I taught coding into rural India, west, uh, southwest of Delhi. And I had a group of uh, 14 to 15 years old students. Mm-hmm. And uh, I spent two hours and a half uh, every day with them for two weeks during a, a winter break. And at the end... Um, uh, they were making a, a video game. And uh, one of the students, his name was Ajay, I will always remember, told me that uh, he, he created something, he, t- he learned something that he was never that he never thought would be ever possible for him to learn in his entire life. His um, his dad was a rickshaw da- driver, and uh, so he didn't think that this kind of opportunity will ever come in his life. And so it taught me one one big lesson that technology is one thing, but I think it also pushes the boundary and the vision of the students to realize that they they can do things. They can there's other doors that they can push away. So it gives them a lot of self esteem. Um, so when I came back, I did a lot of research on the on the education 
application of, co of uh, coding and uh, computer science more broadly and realized that not a lot of students were exposed to it. And that's why in, uh, in the, um, the college, uh, not a lot of people were taking that as an option in college. So um, I, I wanted to find another uh, nonprofit organization to help, but I couldn't find some somebody or some uh, an organization which was doing two fundamental things for um, that I was looking for. Number one, to start very early, so start at six years old. Mm -hmm. And number two was to have it co-ed, uh, making sure that uh, uh, we have a very good gender balance, so 50% of uh, participation from girls, but not exclusively also for girls. And I couldn't find an organization, so I did it. I decided to create it myself. So um, I, I had a little bit of help from uh, different organizations to give me guidance, but basically the, I, I started this on my own. That's fascinating. And there's just so many things that are making me think about analogies. And what I thought was really interesting is you're saying that here in Silicon Valley, with so many resources and technology companies, that you did not find an existing organization that was already doing this. Right. So this was six years ago already, and uh, there was not a lot of uh, pavement on the road for uh, computer science. Now you're seeing more and more uh, for-profit organization offering some coding. But again, our organization is different because we are looking at equity. And so it doesn't matter if, you, uh, if your parents are already programmers or if you have been exposed. For us, is to really make sure that everybody gets the opportunity. And so... So thanks, Sirvan. And there's a lot more to talk about. So when we come back, we're going to be talking more with Sirvan Demol, who's the executive director and founder of Code for Fun. If you have any questions about Code for Fun, email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. My special guest is Servan Dumol, who is the founder and executive director of Code for Fun, a nonprofit right here in Silicon Valley, teaching kids how to code. Welcome back, Servan. Thank you, Keith. So, Servan, I had a question for you. How important is coding in society today? So, I think it's extremely important. Um, important then um, every child learns a little bit of coding. The reason is that coding or computer science, but coding more specifically, it's a problem-solving subject. And so when you you actually at the moment of writing the code, that's where you have the solution. So all the steps that leads to that is everything is in the 21st century skills that every teacher is looking for. You have collaboration as a team when you're learning to solve something together. You have critical thinking. Sometimes we call that computational thinking, where you're trying to decompose a solution into parts that you can reteach to a computer. You have pair programming, so the innovation also, and then the feedback from the user. So all of these things are extremely important. And Nowadays, like when I grew up, I didn't have a computer at home, but now I have to teach my kids how to be safe on the internet. So you see in one generation how skyrocketing it is. And in this particular generation, it's very important that every child knows how a computer works because they are touching and, and interacting with it every day. 
And it's important for them to understand what is the internet. It's not only YouTube. Um, how to stay safe on it, how to back up your data, how to be responsible about your data. Uh, this is something that every child has to learn in school. Yeah, and I thank you for that. And I wanted to follow up with this as well because I'm very passionate about this topic. Um, I talk a lot about how I'm a Chinese American, but I can't speak Chinese. I understand three dialects. And I, you know, the funny thing is I took four years of French. Chinese wasn't offered when I was in school. But I believe so much in a dual language immersion that my children are learning Mandarin. I know your children are learning French. Mm -hmm. So I think that was all about where we're at in society today. Now I'm saying, and I'm actually preaching, that people should also be learning a coding language. So it's not just a foreign language. You also need a coding language. You need to understand how things are done, just as you were pointing out, because not that you have to actually become a software developer, but what you mentioned, how you understand the process. Uh, I encourage my children to understand about uh, user experience and user design. Mm -hmm. When they're interacting with a video game or they're interacting with a, a tablet, there's a lot of code behind that. And yes. so understanding just the basics of how that works will really set you up for success in the future because um, everything is going that way. And we have other examples, too. I've had guests in the past on uh, Bina Amanath, who is the founder and CEO of Humans for AI. Her whole mission in life is to help retrain people who might be considered obsolesced from technology. And so instead of worrying about getting your job loss, uh, why not learn a new skill set to propel yourself forward? So stay current and stay up to date. And that's what you're just saying, that in one generation, technology shifts multiple times. One human generation, yes. technology can shift multiple times. And so instead of being fearful of technology, embrace it. Yes. And I don't think there's any position in the near future and in a current uh, current uh, time where um, knowing uh, technology and coding does not improve your job, even if you're um, you know, in the Congress. Right. We, we had a company on. Yes, this was perfect. We had a company on, former CPA, uh, did very well as a consultant during Sarbanes-Oxley. And he started a uh, software company that is doing accounting bots. And the number one thing that people are fearful of is, well, that's going to take away my accounts payable job, my accounts receivable job, invoices. And whether you're fearful or not, that, that's happening. Automation's happening. But what he's doing is he's training people to become the trainers of the bots. So take your understanding of the workflow, the business process, mm -hmm. and convert it. So instead of you having to process hundreds of invoices, train the bots that can then process it. And there's lots of small business owners, lots of small businesses that haven't taken on any type of technology platform to make their lives easier. Exactly, yes. So we want the children to be part of that. All of them should have a, um, at least a try or uh, an opening to see if this is a career that they want to invest in. And so making sure that uh, computer science is part of every school in California is one of a big mission. And so tell me then, what are some of the programs that are being developed or have been developed for Code for Fun? So we have after-school programs and camps. So that's one, one of the, uh, the activities that we call enrichment. Um, but the bigger uh, part of Code for Fun, which are growing uh, every year, is um, the trainings for the teachers. So we're, we're developing a workshop uh, dev professional development. Um, 
that and we are inviting teachers from uh, public schools to attend so that they can take what we do into their classroom and uh, because it's new to them it's sometimes scary um, we also go into the classroom with them to help them unfold that curriculum so we are uh, partnering with different schools around here um, Fremont School, Network School uh, and, uh, and we go inside the classroom to help the teacher to get into computer science. And we're not talking only about coding, we're also talking about the hardware, about the internet, about the data. Um, so all of those aspects. And we are, now that the, the California uh, Board of Education has defined the, the standards for computer science, we are developing curricula that follows the standards so that we can help the schools to uh, be up and ready. Uh, for that. That's great. So how do the teachers find out about the program? So they can come to our website and we have a four teacher section and uh, they can also contact us at contact at codeforfun.com if a school or principal or um, a school district is interested in PD, professional development, and, uh, and we'll be happy to serve them. Okay. And then Code for Fun, the four is spelled out. So C-O-D-E-F-O-R-F-U-N. Yes, that's okay. correct. Okay. So codeforfun.com. So in terms of um, the teachers finding you, how are they able to, is this on their own time or they're able to get the school district to participate in that? It depends. Sometimes the school district is able to send them for training. Uh, the school district sometimes have restricted resources regarding uh, the teacher's time and finding um, uh, other teachers to uh, supplement them. Um, but our our uh, PDs are offered also on Saturdays um, and uh, this is for a full day training. So that could be also on their own time. Oh, great. Okay, so the, the teacher can work it out with their individual school leadership in districts and make it work for them. Correct. Great. So what are the types of costs for these programs? Is there a cost associated? So for the art enrichment programs that we have after school and camps, um, even high school, we have a tuition that helps us to make the organization live. Uh, but we always offer scholarships. So we just want to make sure nobody's left behind. So anybody can approach us for a scholarship. Um, for the professional development workshops, they are all free. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. We, we know that uh, schools don't have a lot of resources, especially into, for computer science. And, uh, and so we don't want to, to have that as a barrier. Uh, we develop all the curricula and we provide all of the, the, um, the material for free for them. And they are also available online. Wow. And then, you know, I think what was really interesting is you don't have a background in education, but yet you are a technologist, you have an engineering background. Correct. So, I mean, I think it goes both ways. You can be a non-technologist and develop a technology career. You can be have a technology career and move into education. I think that's uh, wonderful. Yes, and and it's quite interesting. I, I found that it's like an algorithm. How do you teach um, a very complicated concept into a child? Uh, to a child, you you have to really think about it so you do your computational thinking work and you have to break it up into ways into little uh, pieces so that the child can really understand it and so that's that's what education is so fascinating about is uh, how you pass on something that might look complicated into uh, a different uh, in, in different level all right well Servan, this has been a great show so far we still have a lot more to talk about Keith Kusilka Valley Insider joined with Servan Dumol, who is the executive director and founder of Code for Fun Alternative Education, not just for children, but for also professional development for educators. 
Any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. Once again, I'm joined with Sylvain Dumol, who is the founder and executive director of Code for Fun, a nonprofit here in Silicon Valley dedicated to teaching kids K-12 through coding education, as well as teaching educators on how to teach coding education. On this week's Cyber Tip, I want to talk about SIM swapping. What that is, is when usually through social engineering, somebody takes control of your mobile phone account. They do that by convincing customer service agents that you've lost your password, your phone, you need to be reset, you've lost your phone, and therefore you need a new SIM card or you need the SIM card ported over to a new phone. And even sometimes in worst cases, it's an insider who absolutely is targeting you. It's coming to the news recently because of some very high profile cases where, uh, especially in the cryptocurrency or blockchain world, there have been accounts of people losing between two and $20 million. Uh, there's a particular ring that was targeting 10 executives or so, even to the point of blackmailing their families. Uh, the cyber tip is to not trust that your multi-factor authentication on your phones alone can protect you from somebody trying to get access to your accounts. Always keep your password safe. Always be aware not to use the same passwords in other types of accounts. Know the information that you've shared and check your accounts frequently. Uh, the FBI actually issued out a warning that cyber criminals are actually developing even further new techniques on how to do these SIM swaps. And so I'll be continuing to talk about this in the future. That's the Cyber Tip of the Week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I'm joined with Servan Dumont, who is the founder and executive director of Code for Fun. Welcome back, Servan. Thank you. So earlier in the show, we talked all about the genesis of Code for Fun, an alternative education platform. I think just in case you're tuning in now, I wanted to go back into um, what is Code for Fun? So Code for Fun is a nonprofit organization with the mission of bringing computer science education to all children. We offer after-school programs and camps during the school break. And we also, and this is for K to 12, so uh, any students in grade K to 12. And we also offer professional development workshops for teachers, uh, elementary, middle, and high school teachers who would like to bring computer science into their classroom. Yeah, and I think, um, just again, my daughter, my freshman daughter, is in Hack High, which is partnered with 42 Silicon Valley, and it's been great for her so far. So, I mean, thank you to you and your team. You're welcome. That's great to know that she enjoys it. Yes, and so I encourage anyone listening that if they have a child or they're an educator looking for professional development, they should actively seek you out. So how would they do that? How would they actually sign up? 
So they can come to our website, www.codeforfun.com. Um, we have um, uh, different programs that uh, people can look at if you want to enroll. Uh, even like now in Thanksgiving, we have a fabulous drone uh, camp in Thanksgiving for 13 years old. Um, and uh, they can sign up right there if they want to uh, participate to one of our programs. Same thing for high school. Registration is opening for the second semester. If you're looking for a specific school and you would like to bring us into the school because we also deliver after school program on school site uh, you can contact us at contact at codeforfun.com and uh, let us know about your interest um, and if you same thing if you're in principal or you are a superintendent of a school district and you're looking for um, for PD workshops for your teachers uh, then contact us um, at contact at codeforfun.com or even servan at codeforfun.com. That's my direct email address. <laughs> yeah, and, and as a reminder, Code for Fun is all spelled out. So C-O-D-E-F-O-R-F-U-N.com. And Servan is S-E-R-V-A-N-E at codeforfun.com. So Servan, I wanted to ask you, what have been some of the highlights of the program so far? It's uh, six years old? It's yeah. It's going to be six in January. Six years old. Yeah, I think the highlights um, are definitely now that we have a little bit of history is to see those returning students who are growing with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were uh, quite young, and we're seeing them coming back from camps to camps and growing into sometimes high high school. So that has been uh, very very positive for us. We also had some star students who decided to create, especially in high high school, because we have a program that is. Um, uh, very open to innovation. So the way Haikai School works is that you come in and you decide which track you want to work on and you collaborate. There's no teacher. It's not a prop, uh, a teaching class uh, with a, an instructor. You have mentors who help you with your projects. But it's really wide open on like you, know, you have a Python uh, track, a Java cl- track, etc. And so we have seen some uh, kids who are really, really interested in a certain st- topic and went really deep into it. Uh, There's no time limit. You don't have to finish a project on a certain time. So you take it as much as you want. And basically, your own motivation, you know, basically uh, creates uh, the outcome. And so the highlights have been like some games that have been creating or some, some application that have been created to solve a problem that was specific and and impactful for their own community because they have seen it with their their own eyes. That's great. And I want to talk about a topic we spoke on earlier, which is uh, like a foreign language. Learning a coding language is not something that you have to wait for until you're a certain age or older. I mean, as much as we call them digital natives, our children can pick up a tablet, an iPhone, an Android device, and just start using it. Mm -hmm. They can start doing that with coding as well. And so when we're talking about these highlights these success stories of these kids who are building their own computer games. They're, it's starting at a really young age. Yes. It? And some, some parents tell me, is six years old not too young to code? Well, it doesn't really look like code at that age, actually. But what's important is the computational thinking skills that we teach them at that age. Uh, and it could be in the form of a robot that you have to uh, provide instructions so that it does something. So it's very, um, it, it's, it looks like a game for them. Okay. So help me through how, let's talk more about that. How is it different for a child? So I know like when um, my children were just playing around and there's a concept of recursion. Mm-hmm. What is, explain that to an audience. How does that look? So for a child, really, so the, 
from the education uh, side, uh, what you want to make sure is that there's um, there's an effect right away. The child can see um, the effect of his code right away. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure we engage them with something where uh, right away you, you can try your code. Um, so mm-hmm. we use block a lot of block programming languages uh, that uh, you just drag the blocks and you, you put them together a little bit like Lego pieces, and then you can right away see what's doing. So we use Scratch or Code.org platform or uh, Blockly. And um, and then we, we, we give them challenges. And some of those challenges inside, we have hidden some concept that we want to teach them. And uh, while they're going through the challenges, they're going to ask, oh, how do I do this? How, like, I, I came to the limit. Uh, so the, the mentor will tell them, well, this is, this is a tool that you can use in your toolkit to, to make that happen. So through challenges and project-based, that's how the learning happens. I think that's important because I think, especially when I was learning coding, and I have friends that actually are game developers, when you ask them 20 years ago what's important for a computer program or a game developer, the first thing they say is a lot of math. And when you say a lot of math, that's going to turn off a lot of people. Yes. But when you present the problem as you're doing with Code for Fun or as 42 does when they qualify people to get through their alternative education program, they're giving you problem statements or problem sets that you need to solve for. And so when they don't explain it as there's math behind it, that here is just a problem that you can use your mind to try and articulate and figure out, it becomes a lot less fearful. There is a lot less biases involved and thinking that I, I'm not going to be successful at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they see the end goal. They see, oh, it's like you're trying to uh, design a house and you have to learn architecture. Well, you'll get to hit the Pythagoras theorem at some point, but it doesn't matter. You really want to build this house. So it's this is the same thing. We're trying to make sure that they are, they, they look at, at a point that uh, that they are interested in. Uh, they look at a project that they want to do. It could be music, it could be painting and art, it could be uh, different things, a game, creating a game. And then we, we embed the learning a- inside it. Okay, and so um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Are your programs year-round? Yes, our programs are year-round. We have our biggest season is the, the summer camps, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and uh, last year we did 60 uh, different summer camps around the Bay Area from Gilroy to San Francisco. But our after-school programs are going on during the year as well. And uh, yeah. And that's, that's good to know because for me, right now my experience is with Hack High, which is at 42 Silicon Valley. But you have... 60 camps in different cities all around Silicon Valley. Correct, yes. So we go to the city directly. We usually use the uh, the recreation center, so we partner with the city. Uh, or sometimes we rent a school where we offer our programs, but uh, we're trying to uh, to be in uh, in most of the cities of Silicon Valley. Well, I have a logistics question for you because you're a nonprofit. How do you scale and serve all those communities? <laughs> so we have a lot of computers, <laughs> and uh, they're all donated by different organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what's great about being surrounded by technology technical and technology companies is that uh, they have a surplus of computers and we will take them. Um, We have to be extremely organized. Uh, So every Friday night, it's a very busy night for us where kids come back and the kids for the next camps goes out. Uh, We're going to split our office into two next next summer because now we're going to have a um, north region and a south region and we can't have instructors driving across. Um, But yeah, it's, um, it's a little bit of 
uh, organization and uh, logistics, but um, but we we can make it happen. Well, that's great. So I, once again, I think for people who want information, you go to codeforfun.com, C-O-D-E-F-O-R-F-U-N.com. With just the last minute we have left, Servan, is there yes. anything you want to impart um, before you go? Um, for the parents out there who are listening to us, one advice I will ask you is uh, check what your child is learning at school. Are they learning some computer science? Uh, see the interest uh, at, the, at their teacher's level, the principal's level, because this is fundamental. They need to have this education. And if nothing is happening, then the pressure of the parents can maybe help to uh, bring those programs in. Well, thank you. So. Once again, Servan Dumont, who is the executive director and founder of Code for Fun, a program for children K through 12 and for educators for professional development. If you have questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz. Don't go away because we'll be right back with Servan for The Pivot. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. Joined today with special guest, Servan Dumont, who is the founder and executive director of Code for Fun. Welcome back, Servan. Thank you. So early in the show, we were talking all about Code for Fun, which is a nonprofit dedicated to teaching children K through 12 how to code. And also, they do professional development for educators. So you should check out the podcast by downloading it at svn.biz, where you'll find out everything we talked about. But I wanted to switch gears now into the pivot. Often on my show, because of my risk management background in technology, I talk a lot about the scary side of things, especially when we're dealing with children. We want to keep them safe. There's all kinds of things out there that we talked about in terms of the internet. But one thing I want to actually bring into is that there's hope. The next generation absolutely is our future. And as Servan is dedicated to teaching them, there's a lot of things coming out with children being aware and being knowledgeable about computer science, about coding, about the internet, that they're going to be the ones that will be solving for much of existing problems in the future. Yeah, that's correct. I think as they are exposed and we're teaching them to be safe and they understand how to navigate the internet and they will be the one who are going to be our next cybersecurity agents. And they're going to hopefully be the one who are going to find a way to combat global warming using better technology. So we want them to be exposed to that so that they can, their creative mind can start working and thinking about this problem that definitely is going to affect them. It's part of their life. So this is why it's fundamental for them to be exposed to computer science. And it's not something scary. It's something innovative. And they dive right into it. Yeah, it's definitely something to be embraced. I think of the whole concept of the term gamification. And gamification in the last decade has taken off where you take a problem and you turn it into a game. So whether it's at work and you're trying to figure out something or even now in medicine, the whole concept of gamification was built on the way that human viruses start off. And so now they're trying to solve for healing human viruses with a cure by taking these gamification principles. So if you can imagine an army of people trained in coding, able to use algorithms and see the behavior of certain illnesses 
and detecting a cure for that. I think that's a wonderful thing. Yes, we have so much data that we can capture, that we can analyze. There's definitely a huge future in technology in the medical space. You know, no matter what your interest is, that's the good news is that technology can be there to help. Yeah, and also what I liked what you talk a lot about, Servan, is this is a democratization of technology because it doesn't matter what you already know. If you have access to a computer, access to the internet, you can learn. And that's one of those interesting periods in history because we've spent a lot in education, going to university. There are people who don't have access to that type of education but now can find a lot of the information Mm -hmm. through the internet. Yes. Yeah, there's some great platform out there we expose students to. And wherever you are, as long as you have a connection to the internet, you can start learning and and then make a difference in your own community. And that's great. So some of the things you're seeing with students, we talked about games earlier. What are other projects that they're working on? So I've seen, um, uh, so some students during high school have to uh, create um, a product or a computer, computational device product uh, as part of their um, APCSP track, so Advanced Placement for Computer Science Principles. And um, I've seen uh, some very cool stuff coming up there. Um, there was a, a girl who actually is on the video for Hakai School who, uh, who, uh, who replicated the game of Cornwell. And uh, and she, she said it was hard because she had to learn about this whole thing. Uh-huh. And then, but then she kept going at it. And the perseverance is really one of the big highlights of these students, that they have a goal. And no matter what, they're going to go to the end to solve it. And uh, to solve the, the the challenge and get to their goal. And um, so the, those are the things that, you know, we see. So it's really cool when you see it's a girl who wins an award and uh, because we need more of more girls coding and more girls being very positive and uh, empowered um, into, into doing computer science. So we're here in Silicon Valley. Um, I guess it's just an assumption that things are, are more equity-based. What is the percentage between uh, male and female students for coding? So in general, so if you go to college, um, only uh, only twenty percent of the bachelor degrees are in coding, oh. and out of that, seventeen percent are female. So you're really talking about a very slice, a small slice. So when people are saying in our company we want to change the diversity in computer science, well, it's difficult to hire a lot of women engineers because you're starting with a very thin slice of the cake. So if you really, really want to change diversity in your company, what you need to do is invest education and help nonprofit and school district um, to expose more girls. Uh, If you are a girl uh, and you are into coding, then come to the school and talk about your experience, how cool it is to the job that you're doing. Uh, So be a role model because I think it's very hard to be somebody uh, that you can't, uh, you can't identify yourself with somebody else who is already in that space. Um, So they want to see that and they want to say, the, the children want to say, yes, I want to be like this person. Thank you. And I think with that, that was very inspirational. And I, as a father of a high school daughter, I think that that is where the next generation lies, is that whether you're a girl or a boy, being able to have a level playing field is important. So thanks again, Servan, for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure.
So Keith Koo, Silicon Valley Insider, was Servan Dumont, who's the executive director and founder of Code for Fun. Anything we talked about today, you can come to our website, svn.biz, or email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN.